is the committee secretary of the portfolio committee. I would like to tender the apology of the honorable chairperson. Honorable Dobongwana is unable to be in this meeting today um, due to other commitments. Therefore, according to the rules, we'll need to elect an acting chairperson. Um, this is according to rule 159 of the rules of the National Assembly. I would now like to call for a nomination for an acting chair. Honorable Fanskalbeck. Uh, good morning, uh, Nola, staff, members present. I would like to nominate Honorable Njobo as the acting chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Fanskalbeck. Honorable Njobo has been nominated. Do we have a seconder? I see the hand of Honorable Matebula. Uh, I do second the name of Comrade Njobo. All right, the name of Honorable Mjogo has been seconded. Do we have any other nomination? Is there any other nomination, Honorable Members? All right, in the absence of any other nomination, um, the name of Honorable Mjogo stands as a nominated name for an acting chairperson. I would like to hand over to Honorable Mjogo to chair the meeting. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Nolas. And good morning to honorable members and the team of parliament led by Nola. Uh, okay, I'm whatever. Uh, thanks, Nola. And thanks, members, for coming today. I think our meeting, Nola, we today is just a, a report and the minutes and we received our 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 draft report and the in the minutes i the only apology have i think is the chairperson in those few words honorable members you are welcome in this meeting thanks honorable members nola Thank you, Chair. I'd like to now hand over to my colleague, um, Shoaib Denison, who will be doing the presentation on the report, who will be leading the committee on the report. Thank you. Good Sorry, Chair I, Chair, I see the, the hand of the Honourable Hicklin. Thanks, Chair. Yes, just to say to you, my laptop has crashed. So, and we have load shedding in Acacia Park. I am going to be struggling quite a lot this morning. I'm trying to run everything off my iPad. Please excuse me. Um, I'm going to be doing my best, but my laptop has crashed and I am just beside myself. Sally is trying to do everything to get it up and running, but I'm doing everything off my iPad because nothing is functioning on my laptop. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson, with your permission, may I proceed? All right, Chair um, and members, good morning um, to all the members um, and colleagues. Um, 
we I will flight the the report itself, but we are not going to go through every paragraph. I may just touch on a few things and say a few things about each. Um, but the important part is uh, has been done um, in the in the in the in the method in which we we work as a committee, um, and that is that the report after our meetings with the department and the entities, um, drafts of the report was shared with the members. Members also made input for to to raise certain matters that they required. Uh, to be in the recommendations and matters noted. And uh, what we are doing now this morning is to ensure that members uh, are satisfied so that they can then uh, consider what is in front of them and say what needs to be taken out or what needs to be amended. So this is the introduction. And in the introduction for this year's budget uh, vote report, um, we found that it was important to reflect on administrative justice, but also on the Public Finance Management Act, um, the policy monitoring role of the minister, the work of the DG and senior management. Um, uh, the constitution says that, you know, when officials, administrators do their work, it must be done in an efficient way and resources must be spent properly. The budget vote report reflects on the annual performance plan and the budgetary allocations and performance areas and indicators that um, are tools with which the DG and senior management uh, perform the policy objectives that the minister as policy leader sets there. And this committee then does oversight over that. We reflect a bit on the method of our oversight, um, where we uh, gather information on the department from the minister and the team, and uh, this committee then uses those issues that emerge from meetings and deliberations uh, to analyze and monitor the work of the minister and the department and the entities, and we make regular recommendations. Um, we make a strong point here that from the start of this administrative term, this minister, the deputy minister, the DG, the acting DG, um, the senior management team, the boards and the chairpersons of entities cooperated fully in this process. Um, it assisted greatly to deal with delivery blockages and there has been some successes um, in this cooperative way of working and we are very thankful for this type of relationship where in spite of robust oversight, the executive and the department and entities continue to participate with us. We also have a good relationship with the Auditor General um, and we will in this uh, term have uh, another engagement as a committee where we will learn from the Auditor General on how to sharpen our oversight tools. And um, we just reflect here also on the devastating blaze that and the COVID pandemic that sees us doing most of our work in virtual mode, including the meetings of the third and the fourth, and of course, today's meeting. Then the mandate of the department, I'm not going to pause on, that is a well-known mandate, 
Just to say that in 2015-16, there's been a shift where policy and the regulating leadership is with the department and the implementation and action stuff is with the property management and trading entity. And that has a particular uh, good outcome in terms of the audit um, over the audits over the years. We reflect on the National Development Plan and the um, ERRP um, and the SONA over the and, and the over the medium term strategic framework period. And these are the priorities listed as well as the uh, SONA listing, massifying job creation, structural reforms, infrastructure, the, the improving the leveraging of public procurement using private as well as public uh, uh, um, uh, procurement for projects. Um, so those 10 are listed then. But in the APP, what's important for us is how the department uh, listed its policy uh, priorities. And you'll notice that they are all there, is as well as these five uh, strategic infrastructure project programs, the Small Harvest Development, the Rural Bridges, Willie Seasway program. Um, I sent some, uh, some images to members on this bridges program that the minister and the Minister of Defense recently opened, some of them. Um, comprehensive Urban Management Program, the Salvo Cop uh, Precinct, and the Water Savings on Government Buildings Program. So we are happy to see that the stated intentions and these uh, uh, specific SIPs are part of the APP um, and that there's a good link between the broad policy objectives of government as stated by the president um, and the finance minister over, over, over the budget uh, period as well, um, and a link therefore with the APP of this department and we are happy with that. And so when we speak here on, in 3.1 about the alignment, we are saying, um, uh, reflecting on that, and we are saying that that is satisfying. The, the budget allocation is exactly as uh, projected in the ENE of, of Treasury. And my colleague, um, the researcher Inez, did um, uh, uh, calculations to show the real and the uh, monetary changes. Um, over the MTEF as well as from 21 onwards. Um, we are not going to dwell too much on this because there has been extensive engagement on that. Um, we did budgetary allocations broadly, but also budgetary allocations per program. Um, and these are all reflected in the report. I am just paging through this as members have seen them. Um, just want to pause a little bit um, over here with the EPWP, um, just to say that a lot of the work um, that we discussed with the IDT um, is related to the EPWP. A lot of work has shifted to the IDT in terms of the data management, and we need to keep our eye on that as well as on the software uh, and ICT aspect of EPWP, um, because there's, there's always an auditing possibility, auditing query and a negative audit opinion from the EPWP branch, not because they're not doing well, but because of the anomaly in which uh, they are reporting. 
And in the, when we speak to the AG, we will also certainly deal with that matter. Um, also, just to, I hope I did not go past it now. Yes, I did. Also, just in program four, two things. The, the one that is important is the infrastructure. I hope members can see my, maybe I should just highlight it. This portion here, which is the sub-program under uh, program four, infrastructure delivery coordination. Um, that money is not as indicated there where it says provides coordinating support to the PICC in line with the Infrastructure Development Act. I want to alert members to this fact. The Infrastructure Development Act is indeed focused on coordinating support for the PICC. But since the creation of infrastructures of Africa inside the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, the there is a need for the Infrastructure Development Act to be amended so that it speaks to the work of ESA rather than PICC. ESA is doing that work and not PICC anymore. So what we have reflected here, as well as the money that's been reflected here, may change over the MTEF. And in the next administrative term, I think we'll see some movements towards, towards that. The other aspect I, I wanted to just raise there had to do with the IDT. Um, where the IDT is, is, is now accepted as being a Schedule II entity um, and that it is not going to receive grant funding um, unless there is a special uh, agreement between National Treasury, the Ministry, and the IDT, and the Minister made such an indication, and we'll reflect on that later on. Um, I move past uh, the PMTE. Uh, towards that is the CIDB that members were pleased with um, and want to just uh, want to actually get to the IDT. The CBE members had issues with and, and, and the, the recommendations will reflect on that. Um, matters for the liberation that came out, I listed that for the CBE because there are some of them. And then the IDT uh, that we discussed, this is the summary of some of the stuff that came out of that and the strategy that the minister also referred to, the use of GTAC uh, to assist the IDT to be reconfigured um, so that it's no longer just a trust, but so that it follows the GTAC model of expertise and the trust deficit that needs to be dealt with so that we can have the IDT function much better than what it did in the past. Um, and we just reflected on the on this matter, uh, the need to build organizational capacity fit for purpose, the refocusing and streamlining uh, in terms of client service offering and securing financial sustainability. Those are the three things that needs to happen for the IDT over the next year. And of course, a big thing that I think we as a department, sorry, as a committee will have to focus on quite a bit is the matter of public-private partnership uh, because a lot of the SIPs will follow a public-private public partnership model and uh, there is an aspect of public um, administrative law versus private law when it comes to the contracting that we need to keep our eye on, um, but that is for the future. 
Um, these are notes on the IDTs, and this is the this is the matter here. Um, I hope members can see that the funding requirement over the over the period from 22 to 25, where the IDT has to either break even on its own, or um, of course the best case scenario uh, make a profit. Currently, it doesn't look like they will do, uh, and there will be um, a requirement to grant funding, uh, but that is dependent on whether the discussion with the National Treasury is going to take place and how the out, what the outcome will be uh, over that period, I mean, with, with the minister. So I'm not going to pause with the deliberations there. Agrima SA, we had a very good meeting with, and members uh, can recall the... Uh, Minister, uh, the, the member Hitlin and um, her interaction with the Agrima SA and the committee and the minister. Um, so I'm not going to stop there. Where I want to go is section seven, which is the recommendations. Um, and we are saying, having considered the planning documents and budgetary allocations for the 20, and there's an error there, 2022. 23 financial year, the committee recommends that the minister uh, do the following. Um, there is a repeat, seemingly. Let me just see what happened here. Yeah, there's a repeat. Let's take that away. Apologies for that. Um, so what we are saying is, firstly, in the first recommendation, um, we require the minister to provide a comprehensive report by July 2022, and we made this one an earlier one, um, on the on dealing uh, decisively with the with the ongoing challenges with the Telcom Towers project, so that the contract to secure the unoccupied building and the 10 rental lease contracts to accommodate SAPs can lead to savings instead of ongoing losses. Uh, members can uh, deliberate on that matter. It's a well-known one. We were, as a committee, present in the building, and uh, we know that a promise was made. Uh, I think we were there in November 2019, and the indication was to us as a committee that by March, April, SAPs would be inside the building. We are currently in on the 6th of May 2022, and that did not take place. Now. I need to just say that the budget vote report of 2019-20, as well as the, the budget, budgetary review and recommendation report of this committee, referred to this matter. And we had a response from the ministry and the department on this. Um, and still, um, there's not a real movement on this, and the committee will have to reflect on whether we keep this exactly as is um, or whether we should write a letter or something. I don't know. Uh, members can guide us. Secondly, a report on the debt owed to the Port St. John's municipality for rates and service and for services and ongoing custodial ownership disputes. This is also a matter that was raised in the 2019-20. Let me just make certain. 
I think it's the 2019-20 budget vote. Uh, yes, 1920, and we got a response to the effect um, that that there would be a meeting in March 2022 between the municipality and the DPWI and PMTE to address the disputed amounts. We are asking for a report on this, on the outcomes uh, of what took place March 2022 uh, between the municipality and the department. Thirdly. Uh, and and let me just quickly go back there. Um, and we're raising this particular matter of Port St. John's, knowing that there are other municipalities that are also owed money by the department. Why we why we we need to explain why we lift Port St. John's out. We lift this one out because again, it's something that stays that it's that's outstanding since 2019, 20 financial year. Um, at that time, the debt was a total of 10 million. Um, I know that there was an amount of 992,000, I think, that was paid. Um, but there's disputed amounts, and, and you can see it, it was not paid. Now, small municipalities like this in rural areas do not have a huge revenue stream. And when the debt is not paid on time, they actually struggle to pay salaries, they struggle to to, to provide services. And municipalities are then getting a bad name. Um, you hear things such as they don't have capacity. Well, we, we can't continue with this type of rural-urban divide where we where we almost it's almost slanderous to keep on saying municipalities are not doing what they're supposed to do and they're weak, etc. Well, it's very often national and prov provincial that is to blame for this. In this case, it clearly is that. You cannot, as a national department, owe 10 million um, and then the municipality cannot provide services. It is it is not correct. We cannot let people on the ground suffer. Um, this is the issue why what that I raised. This is why I raised administrative justice section 33 of the constitution all the time. That efficiency is in the constitution. It's prescribed for us as officials to serve the people properly with the resources that we are getting. If we have the money to pay the rates. We should do so. We should do so within the 30-day period as stipulated by the PFMA. So that's a serious matter. Um, and as I say, there are other municipalities. We're just raising Port St. John's as an example because it's outstanding since 2019-20. Um, we move to 7.3. We want to report, and the minister, we're putting this in here because the minister promised this, by September 2022, we want a report from the minister and the team on the review of the APP and performance targets. This one is there because even though Port St. John's is outstanding, we found that in the APP, there was no target for Port St. John's um, or other municipalities, you know, in terms of debt that must be paid. And that was a bit worrying when we looked at the APP, and therefore, um, we're looking forward to a review by September 2022 on the APP, but also, of course, progress to get some of those targets um, updated. Um, a report by October 2022 on progress with the establishment of the Ethics and Compliance Infrastructure and Consequence Management Unit. This Ethics, Compliance, Infrastructure and Consequence Management Unit is to be established in the department to guide and enforce expected standards of behavior of all personnel 
um, and in you know of the of the head office as well as the regional offices. Uh, we want to report on that. That's, we look forward to it. We, we we think this is a good idea, but we look forward to seeing the detail on that. A report on progress with the Public Works Bow by November 2022. There has been progress, we heard. Uh, we also heard um, uh, 7.6. Uh, we can deal with as well in this regard. The amendment of the CIDB and CBE Acts by November 2022. So five and six would probably be taking place in one meeting. Um, and the mandates of the CBE and CIDB Acts are to respectively CBE for the professional built environment transformation role, as well as the CIDB construction uh, enterprises that needs to be assisted in terms of transformation for emerging uh, black women and disabled and youth uh, contractors to move rapidly um, and to gain access to, to work uh, so that they can progress. Um, the issue here is, uh, of course, with the Public Works Bill, is the issue of the mandate of the PMTE and department to be strengthened so, so, that in, uh, so that compliance can be enforced. We hope that in the clauses of the bill, there would be a compliance enforcement uh, provisions so that the PMTE is not hampered uh, with collecting service fees. Uh, rental fees and project management fees, construction fees from client departments and entities to whom it sells project services, maintenance, accommodation, and property management services. Um, I'm skipping six because I dealt with it. Seven, uh, report we require on a quarterly basis. There's a number of reports required on quarterly basis. These uh, are items um, that that is that is that we want um, in addition to the normal performance quarterly performance reports as per the PFM. Um, we as a committee follow a methodology where the quarterly performance reports assists us with um, preemptive work towards the budgetary review uh, that should take place in October November each year. In other words, we don't wait for the annual report. We draft our own understanding of progress or uh, lack of progress um, with each program of the department and the PMTE. Um, but what we're saying is in seven and eight and a few others is we want a quarterly, uh, on a quarterly basis to hear about the EPWB job creation. Um, we want to hear about the implementation of ITC software to assist the EPWP with data collection and data verification. Um, we know that part of that work is now with the IDT, um, but it's important that we get a report um, on these because this is part of getting of the department getting a clean audit report for this financial year. And we hope that it will then continue consistently over the next uh, uh, MTEF period as well and as, as, as into the future. Eight, a report on, on a quarterly basis, again, on progress with the coordination of large infrastructure. These are the SIPs projects that we listed earlier on. Um, but what we what we add here is, I think, something that the Honorable Graham Ray um, referred to, and the minister agreed with the Honorable Graham Ray about this, that, that the infrastructure South Africa um, should look at using the IDT and its expertise um, with the SIPs, but also with 
maintenance and refurbishing. There is a specific, uh, lower down, there is a specific um, reference to the IDT being used for maintenance um, that I will refer to later on. But that report there is about the ESA using IDT and not IDT being left out of the SIPs projects um, for this financial year and over the MTF. We need to see the role of IDT with ESA in this regard. Um, the number nine, uh, the report on the, we need a report on the efforts to complete the Archibus rollout. Roll we had a few reports in the past. Um, they are not, they're not negative, but we do not see the Archibus having an effect on keeping the immovable asset register complete. Um, there, there are still instances where uh, we are uncertain as a government. Uh, I'm saying we as a collective because we do the oversight, but the department is not fully in control of the immovable asset register. And we will not be pleased with that because in that way, suitable land parcels, for instance, would be unknown for human settlement purposes uh, in municipalities, district municipalities, as well as for the Department of Human Settlement. Um, but then also social infrastructure delivery by, by municipalities uh, cannot take properly place if we do not know what we own and what can be used. Because sometimes it's not necessary to have green lands um, that needs to be cleared, but there are sometimes buildings that can be repurposed for human settled, dense human settled, settlement purposes um, that has already got uh, bulk infrastructure uh, in place. Even schooling and libraries can be done in that way. There are many buildings that stand vacant. These uh, incur monthly costs for security, etc. And uh, we do not see as a committee uh, that that is a good way of managing immovable properties of government. Number 10, we want the minister to, to ensure that the Infrastructure South Africa reports to the committee by August 2022. And that is on the newly designed refurbishment, operate and transfer program. That's to be rolled out in a public-private partnership arrangement to deal with the backlogs due to government property and infrastructure not being properly maintained. Um, that is uh, one of those aspects where the IDT needs to be taken on board. Um, I think 12 refers to that. Um, so 10 and 12 is related. Um, I, I, I did not want them to become the same thing, otherwise the recommendation is too long. So in 10, we want ESA to just report if ESA brings IDT with on that particular day, it's not a train smash, but we would like that to case. 11, reports, the minister must report to the committee on, in August 2022 on progress with the reconfiguration efforts of the IDT undertaken by GTAC. Um, now remember, we heard that the first phase took place, a cabinet memo is being prepared, and by June, that cabinet uh, committee and the cabinet economic subcommittee of the cabinet will sit and will make decisions because the minister was instructed to report back. So in a cabinet memo, the minister will report. And we are saying that by August, once she's done with the cabinet, cabinet memo two, 
to those committees of cabinet, um, it would be correct for her to report to us on what, what is going to happen to the IDT. But then also, uh, with the efforts that she announced um, and her team, with the IDT's team and the board chair, uh, to secure grant funding to assist the entity to break even in this financial year, because for it to just hope that departments are going to trust the IDT um, and give them work so that they can be profitable within this year uh, is, is, is perhaps not a realistic um, option. 12, ISA and the PMTE should report to the committee in a quarterly performance report. It's in, in all of them, in fact, on the collaborative efforts with the IDT to strengthen maintenance and refurbishment of government buildings as part of the strategy to number one, A, progress from an ad hoc to a proactive scheduled maintenance and refurbishment uh, uh, mode of uh, dealing with government buildings. And then B, this would assist the IDT to increase revenue during this financial year. So 12 is very important. That's why I said 10 and 12 goes together. But um, that we will, Nolan and myself, will um, ensure that when we work on programs um, over the next few terms, we build the item in, in a particular way that uh, gives effect to this, um, to these two recommendations. 13, we say the minister to instruct the AgriMySA to continue popularizing its certified innovative alternative building systems and products with government departments such as human settlement and with municipalities so that social infrastructure development projects can benefit from the work that ASA does. Um, and similarly, we're saying that the department itself must find ways of, of using these in its own construction, infrastructure development and maintenance projects. And we're asking for a report in this regard to the committee by September 2022. We're also asking uh, the Agrimai SA to report to us by October um, on, the, on what they mentioned as the eco-labeling. Now, uh, this eco-labeling we had, um, we heard from, from, from the ASA on this a few times but not sufficiently enough so that we can understand um, its broader effect on the country as a whole um, in terms of clean environments and the effect on climate change. And uh, this was raised by the chairperson um, in relation to the periodic floods in the provinces of KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape. And uh, I think we need ISA to report to us and provide further detail on this so the committee can have an understanding of this and do its work to also popularize this aspect, not for the sake of populism, but for the sake of information for the South African and the world community. Um, we also, in 15, instruct the CIDB to report to us on progress and achievements to roll out business advisory services at provincial offices. To This is a target that they set. They set it target for this year of 285 contractors. Um, and what they do is they train them on CIDB prescripts on the infrastructure delivery management system and the FITPIM, 
the framework for infrastructure delivery and procurement management. Now, I just want to pause a bit here and, and explain to members that this is a very, it's, a, it's underestimated. Um, the department and CIDB in the APPs didn't speak enough about the, uh, the impact of the IDMS and FITVM. These two things, if adhered to and comply to, if contractors stick to these prescripts, if we just think of the Bay Bridge incident, if IDMS was stuck to as a process, it's got about 12 gateways. You cannot pass through a gateway unless every single form has been filled in in terms of costing, in terms of quality checking, in terms of material, and in terms of possible challenges identified. You cannot, and you cannot sign off for money being paid to anyone unless you get to the final gate right at the end. And as I say, there's about 12 of them. Now, if we get contractors to stick to this and government officials to stick to this, there will not be corruption. There will not be low quality delivery in projects. There will not be shoddy maintenance uh, and refurbishments of our government uh, buildings. This IDMS and FITPM is a recipe of success. It is underestimated, and it is something that we should be extremely proud, to, proud of as a government, as we should be of our constitution. But we only popularize the constitution as good and not the PFMA, IDMS, and FITPM. It is crucial. The SIPs, all the SIPs programs, use the IDMS and FITPM as the core to ensure that there is no corruption and procurement irregularities. And so 15 is requesting for a report on progress and achievements to uh, tell us about how they assisted these 285 contractors through their training in their provincial offices, CIDB that is. By the way, CIDB holds the IDMS, CIDB is the regulator, uh, and that's why we say with the CIDB Amendment Act, we hope the CIDB in provisions of that amendment will have teeth similar to that of the AG to actually cut people out, blacklist black, uh, them if they do not follow IDMS or if they are not trained enough. They can't show a certificate in the IDMS and FITPM, they cannot form part of tendering government projects. In this way, the country can move into a situation of infrastructure uh, development that really makes a difference, job creation that makes a difference, and quality from the ground up. Um, 16, a report we are asking to be done to the committee by September 2022 on coordinated programmatic efforts to properly link um, I can't recall which member it was. Um, there was a member, you may identify yourself, a member who referred to the to the database, I think it was Honorable uh, von Skalkweg, um, who asked the CBE about the data. She didn't ask about the database, but the answers, answers said that it is in the database. But the, the, I, the, the CBE, through its candidate pipeline program database, identified 10,000, almost 100, uh, 10,000 
uh, and 89 unemployed built environment professional graduates. Now, just to pause and explain that there's a big difference between, an between a built environment professional graduate and a built environment professional, uh, professionally registered graduate. We need a PR graduate to be part of our projects and not just a graduate. But the candidate pipeline is the difference between, makes the difference between just a graduate and a professionally registered. And that is what we are talking about here. So the 10,089 professional BE professional graduates um, that's been identified as unemployed is something that we should be very worried about. In fact, the number is not in reality 10,000. And 89. These are just what we could capture, what CBE could capture. We think there are many more out in the country. And we are saying, I think that was what the Honorable Franz Kalgwick tried to get to, was tell us how many there are and tell us how you uh, plan to get these people involved in the strategic infrastructure projects so that the projects can benefit from these graduates. Through their work, these graduates build up a, a portfolio of evidence with which they can become professionally registered. And rural municipalities where there are scarce skills can have professionally registered built environment professions, professionals in the, uh, in the uh, organogram with which to uh, drive these projects. And, and, and this is certainly a recipe uh, for success. And we are hoping that we can see uh, urgent progress in this regard. We're asking for them to come to us in 2022, September, to speak to us on that. Uh, we are almost done. 17, we provide, a, we ask them to provide a report to us in July, 2022, on the status of the, of the, of the council to curate uh, members, the CBE council has been struggling to curate. And if a council cannot, if the board cannot curate, it cannot make decisions, even if it has in its APP uh, programs, it's got money there. It's, if it does not curate, it cannot make decisions and the administration of the CBE cannot do anything. So we can even amend the CBE Act and give it teeth to do certain things in terms of transformation in terms of access to jobs for, 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 for build environment, professional enterprises. But if they do not have a council and a board that corrects, then it cannot do its work. There are many instances where allegations are being made against built environment professionals. Just as an example, if Shoaib as a, as a landscape architect start drafting plans for a shopping center. He is doing so illegally because he is not an architect. He can draft, but he cannot function as an architect and shouldn't because there's such a thing as specialization of work. But these things happen. And so Shoaib gets brought to the council for disciplinary purposes. An appeal is made to deal with this matter, or I appeal against the allegation. 
the council cannot correct and cannot process this. Well, Shu'aib carries on with it because nothing has happened. And this is how we get roofs caving in, uh, because this, this is really something that, that, that happens. Um, a particular shopping center uh, or a hospital is built. And due to drought, a tank is placed on top of three tanks is placed on top of the roof of this hospital. A, an unqualified civil engineer graduate or structural engineer graduate is asked to look at whether the structure will be able to take the weight of the tanks with water. An error is committed. The roof caves in. Patients are injured. It's that type of thing that shows how important a thing like a council or board must create for it to uh, play its appeals function um, over the built environment, professional built environment sector. This is what 17 is about. Um, so we asked for a report in July on that one. Um, we want a report in 18 on promoting an ethical and efficient CBE. And that is in its interrelationships with the six built environment professional councils to ensure that the root causes of leadership deficits and governance challenges and investigations in the BEPC councils are independently, administratively, proficiently, professionally, and timelessly addressed to eliminate, sorry, to illuminate ongoing rumors of harassment in boards. This happened in the past, and we want a report on how the council is going, is promoting um, an ethical and efficient CBE in its interrelationships with these councils. I did send to members uh, a picture earlier on today of the Engineering Council of South Africa's uh, newly elected president, who is the first black female uh, uh, to lead the Engineering Council of South Africa. Uh, I'm just uh, raising that because the ECSA is one of those councils. Um, we're looking forward to meeting her and working with her in the future. 19, the minister to instruct the CBE report, uh, the CBE to report, um, to report to the committee by August 2022. Oh, I see what's happening. I'll fix that just now. I can't see the error. To, uh, minister to instruct the CBE. Uh, I'll put this as a, a CBA report by August 22 to the committee um, on urgent step it is, steps it is taken to it is taking to strengthen its regulatory regulatory function over the professional board environment councils. I suspect that 19 is not needed because I think 18 is covering it, but I'll wait for members to guide me on it. I think that's why it's written so badly. 20, a report on the strategic role of the CBE and the CIDB. Uh, members raised very sharply the need of these, uh, and there's a specific member who did it. I can, can't always remember the names of the members who did it, but the member raised this very sharply that CBE and CIDB, even AgriMA SA, they must work collaboratively to leverage the capacity in each for cre employment creation, as well as for transformation um, in both the professional built environment and the construction industry. Um, and, and they should do so so they can become, it can become the greatest job creator in the country. In this regard, the committee urged uh, the entities to design programs with stakeholders and present to the committee on innovative ways
to spend its allocated uh, allocated budgets for youth development programs in more strategically focused manners. Members can guide when they want this report. Um, uh, we don't want reports at the beginning of a year. We prefer the reports to be in the middle of the year, um, August around there. Um, so I will put this as August 22, and members can always make a change to it. Um, honorable members, uh, Chairperson, uh, that is the report um, in terms of the recommendations and the main sections of the report. Um, I just want to go to the top so that we can be ready for members' input and possible amendments. I thank you. Um, Honourable Chair, um, I have completed. It's in your hands. Honourable Acting Chair. Um, let me try to get hold of the acting chairperson and find. Okay. Thanks, uh, Mr. Dazen, for your report. It's not the first time. You are always make us proud as public works. Thanks so much. Uh, honorable members, it's your time to comment on this report. Honourable Chairperson, there, there's a hand of uh, Honourable Hicklin followed by Honourable Graham Murray and Honourable Siwisa, or as well as Honourable Fanskal Vig. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Nola. In that order, Honourable Members. Thank you so much. I'll kick off. Um, I just want, if we can go straight back down to the bottom, Shuaib, as you were typing the the very last point, you put in August 2002. You didn't make it August 2022. Um, I was following exceptionally closely. Um, I think your report is outstanding, Shuaib. Thank you so much for taking all the time that you did take and all the recommendations that we did send through. The biggest problem that I had is the report that I got the numbers on the report that I got were different from the report that you were reporting on. 
So may I ask you please to send your final report through. I certainly, my numbers were two out from the report that you were reading on. Um, I concur with the suggestions and recommendations that you made, and I can't thank you and the rest of the support team enough for the kind of recommendations that you captured for us. I think you captured them superbly, um, and I really and truly can't thank you enough. I think you captured them strongly enough. I would capture them a little more strongly, but that's just that's just me. I just really think you did a superb job. I, as as I said, I I'm I'm a little hampered at the moment with not having a laptop that I'm working off, but I didn't find any real discrepancies that that I would raise. I'm I'm covered very much by the recommendations that you've made. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Honourable Member. Honourable Sam. Thanks, Honourable Chairperson. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I think I don't know which freaking version of this report I've worked on. I thought I'd worked on the last the last one, but when we were going through stuff now, I, stuff wasn't tallying up. So please forgive me if I'm working off the wrong version of the report. Um, I've got a few issues within the report, Shuabe, if you don't mind. Um, the first one is 6.3.3, the strategy to deal with the entities challenge. On my on my report that I've got, it's on page 47. So I don't know if it's on page 47 of yours. Uh, let me just try. So I'm looking at my thing and I'm looking at yours. Okay, so there's this whole section here that I have no recollection of any discussion and, and we refer to the deputy minister um, in it as well, who wasn't in the meeting at all, in any of the meetings. So I'm just curious, the thing from the plan down to the third paragraph, I don't remember any of that being part of our deliberations. Um, so I just wanted to get some clarity on that. So from the plan was to pattern a newly configured IDT along the same model as that of the Government Technical Advisory Centre, all the way down to what the committee stressed that the minister's policy leader implement um, of this to do more oversight, and the deputy minister agreed with this point. So um, I don't know if this is just a copy and paste from a previous report, and, and that was why it was included. So if we could just look into that. Then on my page 53... Um, I've got the matters raised from deliberations with respect to the IDT. Now, I don't know if you've also got that. Um, my page 53. So it'll be further down. It's after page 47. So it's the, 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 the uh, yeah, I've passed that uh, strategic positioning, past that, past, past the numbers, yeah. There, 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 there. Just go back up slightly. Oh, no, no, I think I don't know if it's if it's the same thing. Um, yeah, it is that. Okay, so so we had matters raised from. So in in your report, and I don't know if it's been corrected, the IDT will operate at a deficit for the twenty twenty three financial year, one hundred and seven million, and would need two point one million billion to break even. Um, is that indicated on your report there? Yes. Um, I just wanted to clarify that. Hold on. No, Shaib, go down slightly more. I'm very sorry. You'll see the matters raised from deliberations. Go down slightly more in your report. I do apologize. Matters raised a bit more. There. 
Okay, the first one, the IDT will operate at a deficit. I just wanted to clarify, it was something that confused me in the meeting. Um, and then I did the calculations very quickly and realized what they were saying. The 107 million is actually 5% of the 2.1 billion. So what they need is they need 2.1 billion rand of project value to get the 107 million rand to break even. So they don't need the 2.1 billion to break even. They need 2.1 billion rand of project value out of which they will take a 5% management fee, which would be the 107 million shortfall that they're indicating um, in that budget. So I just wanted to, that to be properly um, captured. And then the next one says, the organization hopes that a project management system will improve effectiveness and efficiency related so that it can collect management fees so that it breaks even and moves towards profit, profitability. That sentence doesn't make sense to me, and I'm not entirely sure what we're trying to say there. Um, so if that could just be looked at, um, I'm not, I don't understand the, to, will improve effectiveness and efficiency related, that related doesn't seem to make sense. So if we could look at that, then um, we get down to the actual um, recommendations. So my 7.1 is slightly different you've got on mine we've got recommendations twice with the little paragraph underneath it on page 60 then mine says report to the committee in september um but that's clearly not the right one um you've got that provide a comprehensive report what i wanted to say there was um the thing that i picked up and it was it was mentioned very quickly on the fly was that the rotp um, which they're doing at the moment, has identified three properties that they want to do that, that rollout on. Telcom Towers is one of them. So we must just make sure that, that we ask for the ongoing challenges with the Telcom Towers project, but we also need information on the other two projects identified under the ROTP. And I can't understand why the ROTP is now doing Telcom Towers, where we spent 650 billion rand or however much it is. So if we can just ensure that we cover that, the other two buildings as well, because they sort of mentioned them briefly, but I missed it and only caught the Telcom Towers one. Um, and then um, I just want to check on mine. My 7.7 .7 is the Arquebus one. I just want to check if your 7.7 .7 is the Arquebus one. Oh, yeah, it was Salvocop on that pre, that's right, this, that Salvocop precinct, and there's one other one, I couldn't, and I forgot to make a note of it. Okay, 7.7, um, if we could just check if that's still the same one as I've got on my story, report, no, the seven, oh, there, you've got it there on 7.9, um, report on the efforts to complete the rollout. Um, what I wanted to do was add in there Arquebus and all other software for the digitizing of the immovable acid register because there seems to be some sort of um, move away from Arquebus um, that we need to be alert to and just find out whether or not there is um, anything else. So it's that and all other software for the digitizing of the IAR. Um, and then my 7.9 is different to yours. Um, 
my 7.9, so I don't know where it is on yours, is the reports to the committee in August 2022 on progress with the reconfiguration efforts of the IDT. I'm sorry, I didn't pay too much attention because I was trying to work out whether or not I was on the same report as you. So it's the one on the GTAC there. Okay, 7.11. Um, I'd like us to say there that we want reports um, on progress with reconfiguration efforts, including the efforts to secure grant funding. I want us to say including the efforts to attract new projects to supplement the revenue or alternatively to secure grant funding because they still have to try and find additional funding to support the IDT. Um, and I think we need to ensure that we, we're pushing for that before we start looking at securing the grant funding. So it's efforts to attract new projects to supplement the revenue or alternatively to secure grant funding. And then I've got 7.15. I don't know. That would be then I think 7.17. If we can just check if that's the same one on yours. Um, 7.17. Yes. So it's provide a report to the committee in July 2022 on the status of the CBE Council to correlate in order to play its appeals function over the professional built environment sector. Should it not be its oversight function? Or is, is appeals, was that an intentional... Um, use of the Sam, word. Sam, yes. if I can just interject, the CBE is not able to hear any appeals at all because they do not correlate. So if there is an appeal against any decision that has been taken by any of the councils or the CBE itself, they do not correlate. So no decisions that are taken in terms of any appeals that are made are binding because the CBE and the CBE Council itself is not correct, so no appeals that they are taking are legally binding. Okay, that's, that's fine. But I think I think we must just re reword it because um, we we don't we can't we don't have the the ability to explain. So maybe in order to um, to to provide an appeal mechanism for um, the professional built environment sector. If you're happy with that, Mads, just to, just to make it more perfect, to effectively to effectively perform its appeals mandate. Okay, I'm happy with that. Um, all right, and then, um, Shave, I hope you're not going to shoot me. I've got a few other additional recommendations that I'd like to propose, um, and obviously, um, other people need to agree to that. Um, and I don't know if it's already been covered because you've done additional ones that I didn't seem to have on my list. All right. The first one is that I would like us to put in a recommendation that the department is to review its unused properties and find new ways. Unused properties, yeah. And find new ways. To leverage these um, in order to prevent destruction and dismantling in respect of their role 
as the custodian of immovable property in terms of Guillaume. I hope that's clear enough as a as a recommendation. Um, then my next one is um, the department to provide an update. And I don't know when we want to set a date for that um, to make it, you know, obviously we can we can work that out of the progress on the review of the national infrastructure management strategy. It hasn't been reviewed since 2006, as far as I recall, or 2000, 2016. One of those. I can't remember. I've, I've got a note somewhere. I can, I can give that to you. All right. And then my next one is quite a long one. So it's the PMTE needs to take – all right – needs to undertake – sorry, undertake – an organizational review to address vacancies as well as the impact of the proposed implementation of an automated asset management program. Okay, then my next one, sorry. Feedback, we, we require feedback regarding the determination of the structure of ESA. of the proposed structure or the structure of ESA, including organizational design and funding model, including an organizational design and a funding model. Well, uh, uh, my, sorry, Honorable Person. Yeah. I think my darling, you you can send your amendments to 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 trade because <clears throat> we I think that one we can help us because of this issue of load shedding. The only problem is, um, um, honourable chair, we have to adopt this program, this this um, report today. Yes, I've got two more. They're two. They're two short ones. Okay, sure. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, the next one is that um, we need more information. We we need the department or IDT, the who's at CRDB to present to the committee on the build program, including elements such as costing models, timeframes um, for implementation, um, um, enforcement mechanisms, et cetera. And then the last one is that the minister must look at the minister must look at all the contractor development programs across the department and the entities.
can determine whether or not um, this would best be um, incorporated into one centralized contractor development program. So as I say, I do apologize that I never got this through to you by, by yesterday, and I really appreciate you taking the time to fill this in. Thanks very much. That's Those are my inputs. Uh, thanks, Honorable Sam. Honorable Sharam. Honorable Matebula. Chair, you skipped me, and I'm rushing to the airport. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, my darling. Sorry. Yeah, I've got only one question, uh, Mr. D. Uh, the time frames, I don't know if they've been captured. Somewhere we were requesting that we need to be given time frames. I see that the report speaks about the report. The report itself says the department must submit the reports. But now we need time frames that are going to tell us when is what going to be done. That, that was my only input. I think everything, all my contributions that I've made, I think they've been perfectly captured. So the only one that I thought that it should be added is the time frames, because the reporting one is fine. We are going to expect the reports, but what is the time frame for everything that's going to happen? Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Honorable Prewisa. Honorable Sharon. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, I was just uh, looking at, at, at the proposals made, made by Honorable Kramer Ray. And, uh, but, but firstly, the, I think we are on the same page also in terms of the, the, the draft report that we received. We, I, it seems as if myself and the Honorable Kramere was working on the, the, the exact same uh, report and we didn't quite get the report as been presented by uh, Mr. Shuaib. But anyhow, it was clear, Chairperson, and it was to the point and very hard work made in terms of, of the recommendations and its capturing. Uh, well, what we indicated. I just need chairperson uh, somehow. Uh, I, I I can't quite find uh, where we should uh, insert or should we uh, uh, compile a new recommendation on on uh, the alternative building uh, measures or mechanisms being made or instituted. Uh, even though we 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 mentioned uh, agreement is a uh, uh, mechanisms to 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 be used in government, but but to to uh, emphasize chairperson in terms of the issue that was raised by by honourable Tobongwana, um, the chairperson of the committee, in terms of the prefab. Uh, uh, buildings in Acacia Park specifically. So I, I need we I think we we need to be precise in 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 in, in incorporating 
uh, that as a recommendation somehow so that it speaks directly to that issue and also align a time frame to the issue so that it, they can report to us also by uh, a certain time, say by the end of, of this financial year, on how they, they uh, plan to deal with this uh, issue effectively. Because we know now, Chairperson, that it is uh, a point of concern and it was agreed that, that issues should be taken up, but it seems now as if there's somehow uh, a stalling on the matter. And I think we need to, to speak to that issue uh, in terms of our recommendations. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And thank you once again for the hard work by the staff in ensuring that they capture what has been raised, including the uh, support on recommendations. Thank you very much. Honorable Acting Chair. Oh, yes, Nola. I think yes, the Honorable Nola. Members are done with the inputs. Uh, Acting Chair, you can carry on. <laughs> I didn't notice that I uh, muted. Uh, I was saying <clears throat> uh, we the point made by Honorable Franz Kalvik is already there. It's now on 7.21. And thanks for that, Mr. Shrib is already added. Honorable Matebula. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks, honourable members, for your input, and thanks, uh, Mr. Shrep, for your report, and thanks to Nola and Ines for this report in a short of time. Thanks so much for your work. I think now is the time for us as members to adopt the report. Thank you very much, Chair. Chair. I move for the adoption of the report. Thank you. Thanks, Matebula. The second, uh? I second, Chair. Shabalan. Oh, okay. Thanks, Mashabalala, for this for the second. Thanks, honorable members. The report now is seconded. Uh, Nola. Thank you, Honorable Acting Chairperson. Uh, Shrey, can I please request you to stop sharing because I would need to share the minutes. 
Um, Chairperson, please forgive me. I My battery is running very, very low and we have load shedding in my area. So it might run out anytime soon. But uh, be that as it may, I'd like to beg your indulgence, Chair. We have five sets of minutes um, and the minutes were sent to the members well in time. I think it was about um, on the week of the 19th, when, of the 19th of April, when we sent the minutes and we recently also resent um, the copies of the minutes. So I'm not sure if um, members have any particular issues based on the five sets of minutes, um, 16th March, 22 March, 23 March, 30th March and the 19th of April. If there are any substantive issues that members would like us to correct or rather omissions that we would need to rectify, um, Chair, through you, I would like to request that be done um, instead of us flighting each and every set because I'm worried that the battery might run out <laughs> while we're in the process. Narabul Sam, you want to say something or is Makti? I'd like to say something, if I may, Chair. Um, I would like yes. to say I did read through all the minutes last night. Um, they are they're very, very straightforward because essentially they were just a reflection of um, of our meetings. Um, and I'd like to propose that we adopt all the minutes that are before the committee for today's meeting. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Honourable Sam, for your progressive one. Uh, is there any second? Huh? I'm happy to second, uh, Honourable Acting Chair. Oh, thanks, Honourable Member, for the second. Uh, Nola? Thank you very much, uh, Acting Chair and Honourable Members, for that progressive move. Um, Chair, there's nothing else from our side um, except to say the next meeting of the committee will be held on Wednesday, um, the following week. And we will be dealing with, let me just quickly double check that chair. I, want to, I just want to ensure that the information that I'm giving is correct. All right, so Chairperson, oh, from today, the report will be sent for ATC. It should appear on the ATC today or tomorrow, depending on how fast our unit manager sends it through. Um, the next meeting, Chairperson, as I stated, would be on the 11th of May on Wednesday, where we'll be receiving a presentation uh, from the parliamentary legal advisor and the state law advisor on the, on the A list of the expropriation bill, uh, B23 of 2020. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thanks, Nola, and thanks for coming, members, on this meeting. The meeting is adjourned. Chair, may I just ask one final question? Um, yes, as you may. both as both Samantha and I identified, the final um, document that Shuaib was flighting had different numbers from the documents that we were working off. Oh, okay, yeah. Could that final document, Shay, please be shared with us so that we could have that final document? Because I was also running around like Sam was, trying to work with our with the documents that we were working on because our numbers were different. If I may, yes, yeah. yeah, if I may, it could uh, be sent to most of all of us, I had the huh? same. Yes, Honorable Mashabalan. 
I, I said, Chair, I also had the same issue. If it could just be sent to all of us. Oh, okay. Chairperson, if I may, um, what I will yeah, do me. is the report has been adopted now. Um, yeah. It always belongs to the members. So what we'll do is we will uh, send it through, perhaps even on the WhatsApp, uh, PC, PWI, WhatsApp. It may be there sooner. Um, but then, of course, NOLA will also do it by email. Thank you, Chair. And just to say, Chair, that um, it was a collaborative effort um, to put the report together between myself, Inez, and we also had the NCOP Select Committee's researcher that pitched in and assisted. So it was a really very good collaborative effort um, to get the report done with all the details checked um, in terms of budgets, et cetera, and the figures, as well as the, the, the performance uh, targets. And we, we want to say thank you to our colleague, uh, Chepo Makanya, and uh, to Inez uh, for, for the assistance. So thank you very much for that. Thanks, Chair. I just want to say thank you, everybody. Nola. Honorable acting chair, um, just before just before um, you adjourn the meeting, finally, I would like to apologize sincerely from our office. We sent the report um, in the afternoon yesterday, but that we were supposed to have sent through instead of that one. So what I did was to just retract the previous email and um, substituted it with the other one. So um, when you then do that, if um, a recipient has already opened a mail, they won't be able to receive the updated one. But we sincerely apologize on our part. And as Shweben said, we will definitely send them the most updated version through as soon as possible. Thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks, Nola, and thanks, Shrip. So we'll wait for the report. Thanks so much, members, for coming. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Thanks.